Today I'll be reading Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. This is the word of God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not work, do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God. Good morning, church. Uh, so good to be with you. If I haven't had the opportunity of meeting you yet, uh, my name is Micah. I'm married to Rachel, and together we have two girls and a boy. And uh, Covenant Life has been our home now for seven years. Um, about a month ago, we returned to Tampa after spending uh, nine months living in Mexico at a training school. Uh, that prepares believers to go and plant churches in countries where the gospel has not yet gone. And, uh, you know, our time there, was, it was really valuable. We learned a lot of vital skills for the task ahead. Uh, but to be honest, it is uh, so wonderful to be back here to just finish out our, our time of preparation as we uh, get ready to, Lord willing, move over to Southeast Asia in uh, January of next year. You know, as we look back on our time in Mexico, uh, something that we did not anticipate on learning uh, was the, uh, as much as we did, was the importance of worshiping God through rest. It's not like we would have denied uh, the importance of rest or that we, uh, wouldn't, that we didn't think we needed to take a day off, uh, but what we began to justify was the need to keep working uh, the need to keep striving, to keep pushing our limits, to make sure that we completed all of our assignments, even if it meant uh, working seven days and not taking a break. You know, after all, we were uh, doing the Lord's work, right? We were, uh, we were trying to do things that were good and worthwhile. And we wanted to see the gospel go where it's never gone before. But as we... What happened was as we muscled our way through the first couple of months, we began to run ourselves dry. Uh, while we were doing good things and worthwhile things, we weren't taking the time to really stop and remember the good design that God had established from the beginning of work and rest, work and rest. We didn't have a day uh, that really looked all that different from the other days. And because of that, we weren't ceasing our work to really just stop and enjoy the Lord. And how ironic, right? We're at a school to, uh, to be prepared for his work and ministry, but we are finding it hard to just stop and be with him. Our minds were busy. Uh, we were preoccupied with, with what we needed to do, with what we needed to accomplish, with what we could produce to show that our time was worthwhile, but God was so kind to open our eyes and to help us to see that what we needed to do was to repent of ceaseless striving 
and the idolatry that can happen in pursuing excellence, even in the name of Christ. We needed to repent of anxious toil, and we needed to be still and rest in Christ, to recognize that he's in control and he will build his church. Friends, the Lord tells us to rest, and he provides not only rest for our physical bodies, but also for our spiritual well-being. As we open God's word this morning, I'm thankful for the privilege to proclaim it to you, and I've been praying for you this week uh, and for us that that God would provide for us and produce in us uh, what only he can. And so I pray that he may increase our faith to believe his word and to walk in it. Our time in Exodus has given us some really clear pictures about the nature and the character of God and his plan of redemption. His sovereignty has been on full display as he is so active in all the details of creation and in his people and hardening and softening hearts. According to his plan of redemption, God, we've seen God um, distinguishing the Israelites not only from the nation of Egypt, but also uh, from the rest of the world. He's been calling out a people for his own possession. It's in the context of salvation for Israel, because he has chosen them, that now he shows them how to live as his people. Because he has chosen them, he now grants them his law and his covenant. Because he's chosen them, he gives them his commandments and other statutes and ordinances. Last week, Justin led us through uh, the first three commandments, and we talked about the absolute necessity of worshiping God rightly. The Lord has told us how to worship him. And today, we, uh, we get to look at the fourth commandment found in Exodus 28 through 11. Continuing with the theme of worshiping God rightly, one of the means that God has commanded us to worship him and love him is by resting. One of the things that I've appreciated most in this study is the reality that God's law leads to liberty. It leads to liberty, leads to freedom. It leads to human flourishing. Our all wise and perfectly loving, perfectly good God has created us and called us out and shown us how we are to live with him. And as those who've been called out, we live not to earn God's favor, but we respond in worship because he has shown us his favor. So we want to continue this thought this morning as we look at our passage, that there is an absolute necessity to worship God rightly. And when we worship him rightly, he is glorified and we are built up, we flourish. Uh, The question was asked last week, and I, I want to remind you and ask again, do you think of the law of God as freedom? Do you think of it as leading to human flourishing? And maybe you would confess that with your mouth, but if you're like me, often your life or your actions would actually say something different. Because you might say that you believe in the importance of rest, you might believe in consecrating a day unto the Lord, but often we find ourselves so distracted and so um, intermingled with other things that, that were meant to be for the other days of the week. When you read, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, does that excite you or does it seem burdensome? Does it seem like something that keeps you from getting to do what you really want to do? Well, this morning, I pray that we'll see together God's good design for us in the pattern that he has modeled for us in work and rest, and that we will see together how we are to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
I pray that we will be spurred on to set aside a day each week where we devote our attention and our energy to beholding the Lord. What awaits us in refreshment, encouragement, and strength that only God can provide to us. And he does this, one of the ways is through rest. As God has intended with all creation, the things that that we experience physically here, they point to a greater spiritual reality of what awaits us eternally. The rest we experience here points to the ultimate rest that, we ha- that is ours in Christ that we will enjoy forever in his presence. And so before we continue, I'd like to just stop in and pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you, God, for, for your good design and creation. And it is sobering to think um, it's from the dust that, that we come and, and to the dust we shall return. Lord, we are, are so needy and weak and fragile people. And Lord, in your care for us, you have established these means of grace by which we can come and behold you. We can see you in your word and in prayer and in singing. Lord, and even in rest. And we thank you, God, for 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 your good and perfect design. We thank you for the freedom that happens when we submit our ways to yours. And Lord, as we come here this morning, God, we want to be as people who are standing under a lamppost, Lord, in that the light of your spirit would illuminate your words and, and constrain us there, Lord. We ask that you would have your way in us and that you would show us how to be your people. We thank you for loving us. In your name I pray, amen. Well, if you haven't already, uh, please go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20, verses eight through 11. And I'll read it again for us. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you so labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. In the 10 commandments, this is the longest command and it comes in three parts. And so you know where we're headed this morning. Our outline will be uh, verse eight, what we are to do. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then verse nine and 10, it's gonna specify how we are to do it. The motive, I'm sorry, how does God intend for us to live this out? And finally, verse 11 gives us the reason why we are to do it, the motive behind keeping the command. So verse eight, what we are to do. Verse nine and 10, how we are to do it. Verse 11, why we are to do it. When we read the word remember, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember tells us to look back at something that God has already said or to pay attention to what's about to be said for future reference. Remember is a common word throughout scripture and its purpose is to emphasize the importance of not forgetting. And in the Bible, it's also an active word that pertains not only to knowledge, but to obedience. Remembering informs living, and biblical remembrance requires action. 
Uh, in the alternate reading of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, verse 12, it says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so the idea here is remember and observe. When Israel heard these words, it would have taken their minds back to the creation account, Genesis 2, 3, where God, after creating all things in six days, he rested on the seventh day, and therefore he blessed it and made it holy. What does it mean that God rested? One pastor states it this way. It means at least that he was satisfied that his work of creation was complete and was very good. His rest means that he wanted to now stand back, as it were, in leisure and savor the beauty and the completeness of his creative work. This is the real basis of his hallowing and blessing the day of rest. He is saying, in effect, let my highest creature, the one in my image, stop every seven days and commemorate with me the fact that I am the creator who has done all this. Let him stop working and focus on me, that I am the source of all that he has. I am the fountain of blessing. I may have made the very hands and mind with which he works. Let one day out of seven demonstrate that all land and animals and all raw materials and all breath and strength and thought and emotion and everything come from me. Let man look to me in leisure one day out of seven for the blessing that is so elusive in the affairs of this world. I love that quote and the, the fullness of it, the completeness of it. And so I ask you this morning as I have asked myself often this year, friends, what, what are you retreating to or who are you retreating to for rest outside of God? I think what we'll find this morning is that the, no matter the vacation you take, the most beautiful mountains, the most tranquil waters, um, wherever you find yourself in life, you will not find rest, not true rest outside of God. And for that, the Lord has given us this pattern of work and rest where we can remember that he is the creator, he is the sustainer, the author of life, the author of salvation, and there in him we find rest. Now this day was to be holy. It was a day set apart, a day consecrated for the blessing that comes from delighting in God and his wonderful works. From the beginning, the Lord revealed himself as a God who works and rests, and he established a pattern of work and rest for his creation. It's important to note, again, that this was intended before the fall of man. Work and rest are gifts from God. But in the more recent history of the Israelites, um, I'm sorry, even still in the more recent history of the Israelites was their journey to Mount Sinai in Exodus 16. And there we see that God provided manna six days out of seven and told the Israelites that the seventh day was a Sabbath to the Lord. Sabbath means, again, to cease from or to rest. And Deuteronomy 5.15 says, You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. This is the context which God is telling them, remember. On the Sabbath day, the Lord is honored in not only remembering his wonderful creative acts, but in also remembering his, his redemption from Egypt. God is the source of creation and the source of salvation. He made us, he sustains us, and he delivers us. And this is all by his grace. So important was this to the Lord that he instituted every seventh day as a Sabbath. Now this is gonna bring us to uh, our second point. 
and how we are to worship through rest. In verse nine and 10, we read, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. This command again, we see the pattern of work and rest. Often we miss the part about work and we focus only on rest, right? Um, I think work is often reviewed as, uh, or viewed as a necessary evil, but actually it was intended to be a gift. Remember that Adam was given dominion over the garden and he was told to work and keep it before the fall. As an image bearer of God, he was to steward the garden and to work the ground, uh, to care for it on behalf of the Lord, his God. And God would bless the work of his hands and make the earth bring forth and multiply. Work was a way that Adam enjoyed creation in, in uh, a way in which he stewarded the good work that God had given him. When work is hard or painful, it's important to remember that the reason is because everything has been affected by sin, not because of work is wrong or bad or unfortunate in and of itself. So as we consider these things, it's important for us to, to just remember that work is a gift in and of itself, and it's to be done diligently and faithfully unto the Lord as an act of worship. Scripture commends hard work, and it also commends rest. The Lord told them to do all of their work in six days. And when the Lord provided manna from heaven, he provided all they needed in six days. But no bread came down on the seventh. Remember that he provided day by day for five days all they needed, but then on the sixth day he provided the double portion so that they uh, would have what they needed. Again, showing them that while they rest and remember who he is and what he has done, that he provides for them. God provided for them in such a way that even when they ceased from work, they had what they needed. The six days were working towards the rest on the seventh. We labor and work because rest is coming. Take care of business and worldly affairs. Rest is coming. The world, I'm sorry, the Lord is the creator and by his good design will the earth and all that is in it prosper. Next, notice who the Sabbath is to. He tells them, it is to the Lord your God. This reminds them of their identity. It reminds them who they belong to. They are the Lord's and he is the God of Israel. He has chosen them and set them apart from all other nations of the earth. He's redeemed them. He's called them by his name. They are his people and his presence has gone with them into the wilderness. He's provided bread from them um, from heaven and water from the rock. And in Exodus 19, five through six, he told them that he will be his treasured possession, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Remember how he addresses them before he gives them the commandments. In Exodus 22, I am the Lord, your God. He brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You were slaves, but now you're free. And I'll show you how to live with me. Again, from this perspective, they're to keep the Sabbath day holy as they exult in the Lord their God who not only created them, but who delivered them and continues to sustain them. Also notice that the command was inclusive for everyone under their care. Sons and daughters, servants, sojourners, livestock. In this, I believe we see the common grace of the Lord to care for all of his creation. 
He is a kind God and a generous God. And even those who do not acknowledge him as such benefit daily from his common grace. How much more those who are called his people. And in keeping the Sabbath day, it would be a sign to all the people that they belong to the Lord, that they are people holy unto him. Imagine the sojourner passing through. What a witness that would be to him. When on the seventh day, all the people cease what they're doing and they rest. This would be a, a drastic contrast. These people rest and they still have all that they need. This command brings blessing for all creation. It would be a sign to all people that God's ways bring order and lead to flourishing. Also consider what a contrast this would have been for the Israelites in their former life in Egypt under slavery. They were captives. The conditions were brutal. They had no days off. They had no rest. They had no flourishing. It was survival at best. But now God has brought them out of this slavery and he gives to them freedom in him and he tells them to rest. Imagine what a gift that would be and what refreshment and restoration that would bring to them. But to cease from work requires trust. Trust in their rest that God works for them, that he will provide for them what they cannot provide for themselves. And friends, what I've often seen in my own heart is when I, I fail to rest, it's because I'm not trusting that the Lord will provide, that the, that the Lord will produce what I cannot. Remember creation. He made it all. He provided all, generously and abundantly. He brought about order and provision. And then remember, again, the exodus. Remember your redemption. I saved you. My presence has gone before you. I have provided for you. I have worked and am working for you. Rest in my work, and so walk as my people. This, of course, foreshadows the work that is coming in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who would perfectly keep the law. Jesus observed the Sabbath, and yet he was the Lord of the Sabbath. He tells us in Mark 2.27 that the Sabbath is for man. It is a divine gift to bring rest and restoration. And he even demonstrated the reality by this reality by healing on the Sabbath, restoring not only their bodies, but saving their souls, which resulted in people worshiping God, the one who would rescue his people from captivity of their sin, who would pay their debt and bear their shame and adopt them as sons and daughters and give them life in his name. Jesus, he ushers in a new covenant through his sinless life, his death on the cross, and his victorious resurrection from the grave. And every person who will turn from their sin and trust in him will know the rest that only he can provide. Because Christ worked, friends, we can rest. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Hebrews 4.10. And if you, if you sit here this morning and you have not submitted to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will not be able to enter rest. Because your sin, it makes you guilty before a holy God. And his wrath abides upon you. And all of your efforts in trying to find rest, all of your striving, all of your attempts to satisfy the longings of your heart will only leave you striving after the wind. But 
But the good news for you this morning, friends, is an invitation that comes from Jesus himself in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, where he says, come to me all who are labor, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The gentle and lowly Savior waits to receive you and to call you his own. If only you will trust in him and repent of your sin, he will lift your burden. He will, he will give you rest. And this brings us to our, our final point this morning that comes from verse 11, which is why we worship through rest. And verse 11 ties in uh, the foundation of the command. When we see the word for, we could also read because. Do this because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. God established the pattern of work and rest. Because our God works in rest, very simply, we too should work in rest. As people who are made in God's image, one of the ways, again, that we reflect his image is by following this pattern of work and rest. And we honor God by acknowledging and abiding in his good design and character. Have you ever thought that, that one of the ways which God distinguishes his people and marks them off from the world is the way that they work and rest? In a time where, um, where people would have received a daily wage, not a salary, every day counted to provide. And so to cease from work, again, requires trust in the Lord to provide. And when we worship the Lord through rest, we are saying that we believe what the Lord provides for us is greater than what we can provide for ourselves. Do you believe that this morning? That what the Lord provides for you is greater than what you can provide for yourself? That by actually stopping and ceasing, you gain something that you can't gain by, by working. In the next part of this verse, in verse 11, it says, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Genesis 2, 3 again. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. To follow God's leave of stopping to enjoy his finished work and ultimately to enjoy him is why we, is why we worship through rest. For us today, the, the seventh day commemoration in Genesis 2, 3, and Israel's Sabbath ordinance is transferred to the first day of the week because of Christ's resurrection. As one pastor wrote, just like the work of the first creation was finished on the seventh day of the week, the work of the new creation in Christ was finished on the day, on the first day of the week by the resurrection of Jesus. And so from the very earliest days, Christians have set aside the first day of the week as their usual day of rest and worship. And while this is the, the normal day to celebrate uh, Sabbath rest, we know that we are not bound to a day or a time. For the Lord himself told us that the Sabbath is for man. We rest in Christ. He is our rest. And because this is true, we follow the principle of taking one day a week to stop all work, to put aside our striving, to remember to rest in Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath. Wherever you find yourself with work schedule, with different commitments, I encourage you, brother and sister, to find that time in the week where you can consecrate a day unto the Lord 
And if, uh, with all means possible, I would say aim to make it this day where you gather with brothers and sisters and you're stirred up um, from the gathering to set your heart and mind upon Christ and then to go out from this place continuing uh, treasuring Christ throughout the day and looking to him. He has ushered in ultimate rest, the Lord of the Sabbath. He himself is our rest, which means that if you were in Christ and you were resting in his sinless life, his atoning death and his victorious resurrection, his perfect righteousness is accredited to your account. Church, let's help one another to remember the gift of rest that God has given to us. And may we use that gift to behold him and remember our need for him. Be still and know that he is God. He will be exalted among the nations, even as he gives sleep to his beloved. May the Lord richly bless you today as you seek his face and enjoy the rest that only he can provide. Let's pray. Lord God, we, uh, we wanna thank you for, for the opportunity to consider your word this morning. We're so thankful, God, for the laws uh, that you have written in, in your word um, and that when we submit to your law, when we submit to your way, that it brings about life and freedom. And Lord, we know that we don't earn your favor. We don't earn, uh, we can never earn righteousness by keeping the law. <laughs> It's only through faith in Christ that we are made righteous. And then because you have redeemed us, because you have called us by name, then we respond in glad worship and adoration for who you are to submit all of our ways to you. Oh God, show us today how we are failing to rest. Show us, Lord, how we are trusting in the work of our own hands rather than in the finished work of Christ. God, show us how we are anxiously toiling. Oh Lord, we thank you that you tell us to, to rest. We rest in you. We rest from our labor just as you have shown for us. We praise you for the work that is complete in Christ and for the final rest that we one day enter when we behold you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen.